Occasionally, um, we live by a train, so occasionally you'll hear a train go by. I'll do my best to navigate around that. Go out. That uh, city center. Change the train schedule. That needs to stop. (laughs) We just stand naked in the window when it goes by and, like, Try to give the the nighttime rider something that's interesting hilarious. to look at. Now that's now that's a podcast. I like that. I recorded that too. I'm putting it in there. This is all this is all game. Oh, sweet. Oh, sweet. Do you do the uh, do you do the helicopter when they go by? <laughs> no, man. We're 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 newbies at this. We don't have we don't have all those tricks oh, okay. down just I've yet. I've definitely never done that to somebody then. <clears throat> Hi, I'm David Raymond of Hidden Hospitals. This is my next chapter of As the Story Grows. What would you say you do here? Have a good time all the time. Dominate. Who's got it better than us? Nobody! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I to be realistic. What do you love about music? I am being realistic. As the story grows. I always want to be part of a small rebellion. You got this, Travis. Make him wait for it. Boom. gonna lie to you i've been podcasting for in october it'll be four years and on occasion you talk to a person for the very first time on the podcast and you don't really get to circle back and talk to them very much but you think i think i made a pretty cool friend there seems like a rad guy or girl and i hope i get the chance to talk to him again and today's the day i'm super happy to have you back on the show Thank you, man. I really appreciated you. Uh, it was great to see text come through from you.
the main reason we're getting back together is because Hidden Hospitals is about to drop another album, and I and I want to help sell three or four more copies. That's awesome, man! If you can sell three or four copies of the record, you're you're the world. Uh, you're a guru in the music industry. Yeah, I, think. I figured it out. I've unlocked it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do have a new record, and um, we're very stoked about it. And uh, I'm very happy to be slowly sharing some of it with the world. Yeah. I've only heard as much as you've released. I've I've only heard. Uh, well, hold on. Let me pull up my phone here. Being the podcast professional that I am, liars. Smile and wave, mm. and better off. But I haven't heard the other ones because you haven't released them yet. Coming at you real soon, Trav. Coming at you. So we're going to talk about every single track on this record. There's ten songs on here. The new album is called Liars. It says that it's being released May 18th. That's right around the corner. And um, I spoke to Dave eh, about a year and a half ago um, on the... Uh, on the recommendation of Shane from Everything in Slow Motion. Beautiful Shane. Beautiful Shane. And we've kind of been we've kind of been off and on talking a little bit lately. So I want to know what you've been up to for the past year and a half. How's life? Just checking in with friends of the show. What's up, dude? Life is pretty good, Trav. We uh we still live in Chicago. We've um done a lot of touring since the last time you and I spoke. Yes you have. Uh actually got to play one really awesome show with with Shane um in Kansas City that worked that was um that was a very memorable one how long ago was that because I think you mentioned that exact show on the first podcast I must have been about uh early, I can't remember if it was early last year I think oh. it was early last year well, this this goes to show you how quick time goes by and starts to blur itself together. But yeah, we've made this record. We've we've done a little bit of touring and introduced a couple of these songs uh, ever since. Uh, currently, we're trying our hardest to reinvent what it is for us to play live. Um, you know, to give the two or three people that come to the show something different to look at. And more importantly, to keep ourselves engaged and, you know, moving towards that uh, infinite beacon of time progressing forward. Gotcha. What about, we, we actually spent some time about Hidden Hospital's live show. You and I got a little under the hood tech. Like oh, tech, yeah, 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 we did. Cause I'm in we got all the way down to the road on that one. Yeah, we did. And uh, I'm, I'm interested in that kind of nerdy stuff. And um, what is it about what is it about hidden hospitals that you maybe maybe you arrived at something that, where you said, you know what, this could be better, or I would like to see this different. Like what was the what was the switch that flipped? I think what it is is that there's there's this, there's been this like this loop going on in in time and music. Hang on for this train. That's the train. There it be. So we're out there playing shows, right? We're going all over the country and we're going in and out of people's backyards and we're playing different kinds of venues, different kinds of lineups, all this and everything, right? Music itself, recorded music in the capabilities that people can create on their own from you know their bedroom, their car, coffee shop, whatever, is amazing. Like it is just 
it is it's in the sky man like we it, it's no longer about oh i you know we gotta try really hard to get the baddest drum tones or the baddest guitar tones like that's that's an old conversation nowadays it's like you want the baddest kick drum great pick one because they're all bad you want the baddest guitar tones great pick one they're all bad right all of and so it's it's be, it became sort of becoming clear to me over time that like we really love playing live. That's something that you know it's very important to us. And there's just something intrinsically lacking, I think, in live music right now. It's there's a conversation not happening that uh, I think needs to. There's a disconnect between you know the classics, the greats. We've been we've been towing the line of doing better versions of things that have already been done really, really, really well. So it's like, oh, cool. Well, you know, it's like, how do we do a better live show? And then the obvious answers are like, well, you know, we introduce a little bit of choreography that will lend itself to a little bit of chaos. And and you do some some lighting or you do some video, you know, introduce some, some video elements. It's like, yeah, but that's that's cool. But, I mean, someone's done it. Someone's done it way better than we're going to do it. And that's not like a – that shouldn't be the thing that creates creative paralysis, right? Like where you're just like, all right, well, if it can't be the baddest in the world, then why do it? Right. The conversation needs to be turned inwards, and the question needs to get asked, would I want to leave the comforts of my own home binge-watching Stranger Things for um, to go out and watch a band that I've never heard of before? in a bar that's cold and wet and, you know, it's 12 o'clock AM on a Wednesday night. Like what would get you out in the world to go share an experience with strangers and to watch art now? I'll tell you, are you asking me or is that rhetorical? No, it's, it's rhetorical, but that's like, that's kind of been my lens. And I mean, I don't have the cure for it. I don't know the answers, but that's, that's, you know, where I think about it. It's, that's where, that's where my head is lately. When my buddy Dave from Chicago texts me or calls me or Skypes me or Insta-face grams me or whatever <laughs> and says, dude, you live in Pennsylvania, you're on the east side, this particular band is playing at a small bar, there's probably going to be 20 people coming there, you gotta go. Mm-hmm. And I go, alright. And like Sight Unseen, I haven't heard it yet. I don't know what it's about. It might be a jazz band. It might be a metal band. I don't know. But my my friend who I trust told me to go. And there's something tied in with the whole bigger picture, uh, like the crew, like like the the people who get each other, who are just like, like, I'll hear something and be like, that's not for Raymond. He's not into that. Or or I'll hear something and be like, dude, this this band's gonna be in Chicago. Do everything you can to go see them. I think you'll love them. Let me know what you yep. think. Yep. Some the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of trains. It is Chicago. It's Chicago. Got <laughs> yeah. trains. Um, there's something about the um, the personal level of it because there's so many tweets, there's so many Facebook posts, there's so much noise, there's so much garbage telling me. Listen to this new Hidden Hospital song. Hidden Hospitals had a new album coming out. Like, that would mean nothing to me if the conversation and the relationship wasn't spawned 18 months ago. But then I hear, and then I hear Hidden Hospitals has something coming out, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go listen to it. And even if it's not my favorite Hidden Hospitals thing, I'm still on board with it because I'm invested. 
And I think that's what everybody's lacking because we have access to every fucking thing all the time. You know what I mean? I 100% feel you because I know from personal experience, it's, you're right, it's like white noise. It's just constant flood of like this, buy this, see this, do this. And it's always backed up with this, this false scarcity of like, it's tonight. It's tonight only, you know, it's tonight only, but it isn't. I mean, it used to be that way. It used to be, if you didn't get your, you know, if you didn't drive out to the venue across town to catch the rare and obscure act that, you know, you're vaguely interested in, you couldn't revisit that stuff 20 minutes later on the internet or two weeks later on the internet. That's another good point. Yep. And I'm going to pause for a moment. My dog is barking too. Must Yeah. He must hear the train. He's probably He's got the <laughs> He's got the train schedule in front of him and he's pissed. <laughs> My stupid so dog. So when when uh when someone who's near and dear to me, you know, and I can count my friends on one hand. Sure. If they say to me, "Dave, check this out." Like, you know, I have to. And a lot of times it moves me to the extent that I can't shut up. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm screaming it from the treetops. I'm like, this is the baddest thing ever. I've got this on repeat. I've been playing it all day long. I'm going deaf listening to this thing. You got to check this out. Right. Right. And you're right. Then I'm in like, I'm just, I'm just in, I'm in the fold. But I think that there's, you know, uh, there's that, right. There's that, like that personal level of introduction, Right. So that's that's your barrier to entry. You're you're that much more likely to show up. But now I'm taxed with this kind of like what could be the experience that someone could have in 2018 that's similar to the way that people felt when they saw the Beatles for the very first time like or like when they saw James Brown, when they saw Elvis, when they saw Freddie Mercury, when they saw Prince and Michael Jackson like I'm going back to those times when you see those videos, like people, you know, they'd faint, they'd faint, they'd sweat, they'd, they would fall apart and faint because it's just so overwhelmingly new and exciting. And we're not there right now. I see a, a, I see a, a, a very select amount of artists out there that are really pushing things in a meaningful way. Kendrick Lamar is one of them. Oh, right um, on. My, my friends are probably deaf in the, in the ears to me talking about him, but I think he's just like the most rock and roll dude out there. Like I watch his performances and every time I'm just like, that's so far beyond where my head is. And it's so important and it's so relevant. And so it's just funny. So- you mentioned him. Do not lose your train of thought because you're about to go down a good path. But I have to mention a buddy of mine that I interact with, uh, for my job that I see on a monthly basis. He's like pushing 60 years old. He's a vinyl guy. All he talks about is Frank Zappa, Little Feet, like all that kind of stuff. And we just talk records and we send each other record stuff back and forth and everything. The dude cannot stop talking about Kendrick Lamar. It's one of his favorite records. He's like, I can't play it around my wife, but I love it. Like, like <laughs> that's how important Kendrick Lamar is to people and to the point where Kendrick Lamar is another rapper. I don't care. I'm not into it. It's not my genre. I'm not going to lie. And then my buddy Mark on my job says, the guy who talks about Frank Zappa goes, mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar is unbelievable. Yeah. And I go, oh, yeah? And then I go listen to him. And then I listen to Kendrick Lamar and go, damn. And I didn't mean that as a pun. 
but it kind yeah, of yeah, that's a good that pun. Though. It's good though, it's right? Very good <laughs> kind of nailed it for those that know. But I, I did listen to it and was like, you know what? This is really good shit. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I didn't. Mean, I didn't mean to derail you. I'm sorry. No, you didn't, man. And that's that's a really interesting point because it wasn't his music that drew that drew me in. It's it's the impact and the uh-huh. right. You know, you know, it's to, you know him, Chance the Rapper, like. There's just there's really cool things happening, and it's all culturally based. It's community based. Even you know, even if it's not this temporal like here and now kind of community, there's just it's filling, it's it's activating a sense in us that I think we didn't know was dead, mm, okay. right? Um, and people are responding to them like your friend, like yourself, where it's like you know, well, the music isn't for me. I don't you know, if you went on solely on the music alone and just judged it by that, like. It's your reaction could be whatever, right? It could be right, one right. side, it could be the other, or right in the middle, which is like, cool, he's a rapper, like this, this is not my thing, right? Whatever. But in the you know in the grand scheme of things, you watch what he's doing, when he's doing it, and how he's doing it, and the way that people are lit up by what's going on, and I'm just like, well, that to me is way way more interesting than watching another rock band play the drums or play the guitar, like in a, in an abandoned I mean, warehouse. In an abandoned warehouse. And I'm not saying that stuff sucks, but my point is is that where we are right now, the people that have come up and, you know, played guitar in front of us, have played drums in front of us, that have sang in front of us, that have done the live show in front of us, have done it so well. Like we've seen probably the best that will ever be perform those instruments in front of us, in venues, on stages. So I'm just like we just need to take a new turn. We what just do we need do? to do a new thing. And that's it. Like, you know, and I'm stuck in it, right? Cause I love, I love rock and roll and I love playing music and I love playing in a band. And there's something that has been grounded in that. And I push it with hidden hospitals and we try to do new and progressive things with the, you know, the paints that we have. And I don't know. You know, I like, I think that I have blinders on sometimes, right? You get behind your guitar. You're like, Make this as interesting as Kendrick Lamar's AMA performance. It's like I was, right. you know, I'm just that kid with a guitar with my amp turned up. <laughs> like I don't right, know. Right, right, right. I get you. So, so yeah, that's what we've been up to. <laughs> so, so, you, so Hidden Hospitals is trying. You're trying to wow me when you come through my town, when you tiptoe through my bar on a Wednesday. You're trying to wow me like the first time I ever heard Prince or Michael Jackson or the Beatles, and that's what you just said. So. <sighs> the hell are you gonna do you set the bar a little high dave well that's i think that's exactly where my head is is that i'm not trying to come through town and wow you like prince or like the beatles what i want to be part of is the conversation that is you know maybe maybe i figure out a, a thread that when i do come through town it's something like you haven't seen before okay. but it still makes sense it's like i saw hidden hospitals and it like it was hidden hospitals and it was a rock band, but also there was some very, there's something about it. I can't put my finger on. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. And I mean, that to me would just be like, I, I'd be, it'd be amazing if I could find that thing. Right. Cause that's it. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't, wouldn't ever want to like proclaims like we got to be better than Prince. got to be better than Freddie Mercury. We got to dance better than James Brown. Like it does. It's, it isn't about that. Like it's, We've got an awful lot of input and influence to work with coming up to now. So humility is one, right? Like that's that's the baseline. Is be like, we're never going to be better than the best that have already been. Right. But we can be different. I just don't know what that is yet. 
Right on. That's a solid answer. I like that. First track of this new album is called Razor Blades. And you haven't heard it. No, I haven't heard it. No, I ain't gonna lie to anybody. I, I've heard, I've listened, I listened to Liars like four times, and I listened to Smile and Wave and Better Off once. And the rest of these don't have a play sign next to them. And somebody who shall remain nameless, David Raymond, has not sent me a copy of the record yet. So I haven't heard any of these things. So now. You did say I was going to re remain nameless, and then you shot my name. Sorry, whatever. I, did I? The, I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't even. <laughs> I, I was just repeating the name of the guest to make sure people knew who I was talking to. It's just a weird coincidence that it happened when it did. But um, no, I want to go track by track and talk about this new record. I want people. This is my thing. Here I am again. It's another commercial. Buy a Hidden Hospitals record. Listen to this single. Blah, blah, blah. You're going to do that. You're going to do what it takes to get people to try to listen to you. But let's get people to fall in love with Hidden Hospitals and listen to the conversation with Dave and be like, you know what? I like that dude. I'm going to give him a chance. So this record is intentionally um, sequenced out 10 songs. It has a lot to do with my own personal attention span, but every record that I've ever, you know, I like records in my past that have that kind of replayability where it naturally has like a, a side A, a side B, and after the end of side B, it can go back, to, you know, to the very beginning again. That it was your, crafted that That way. is your age. That is your yeah, age. Yeah, I know. You came up I know, with cassette tapes, huh? Yeah, I came up with cassette tapes, and I mean, before that, it was it was my my parents' vinyl. But there's something, yep. uh, you know, I need that justification for the full length record. Otherwise, you know, it's just like these infinite playlists where, which are fine. And I mean, Spotify's curation is killing it for me. I'm discovering amazing music right. lately. But yeah. but you know, for me to go through the endeavor, the expensive and emotionally taxing and. Uh, endeavor of making a full-length record that is a you know this is a piece of now it was it's it's written that way there has to have that kind of like that semblance of organization like you know act one act two act three and I then like like how do that. we get back how do we get back to the beginning again so you know that that analog an album. you produced an yeah. album you didn't make a single and then put nine pieces of shit to build out the to make it not an ep and make it an lp no, maybe I did, record. but but intentionally I didn't. But you know, maybe <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But yeah, it uh, the record has you know it's short. It's intentionally short. I think it's just over thirty three minutes, um, and it's paced in a way that I feel is a snapshot of the band and our you know I guess where we are in the world, how we fit in the world. There's, uh, as I mentioned, you know, we're doing, we're doing our best to stay interested in doing what we do. So that requires a lot of 
pushing the boundaries of what we do with what we have. Okay. Um, you know, there's, there's a thing that I say, particularly with writing, like I, I tend to not write very often with my guitar because I, I grew up playing piano. And for some reason, the relationship between um, the piano and every other instrument I channel through piano, but guitar is such a muscle memory instrument that when I pick it up and play it, my fingers do what they do, and then suddenly I'm not interested anymore, or I've screwed up a good idea, right? Hmm. It's like, there's... I could have an idea that I'm excited about or that I'm feeling and that, you know, I'm interested in pursuing. And the second, it doesn't always happen this way, but the second I pick up a guitar, it gets in the way of all the good ideas. So I tend to leave guitar until it's a huge instrument, and especially after switching to being a three piece and me being the only guitar player. Yeah, I don't hear a lot of guitar players say that. That's interesting. Well, the guitar has become, I think I remember realized how big of an instrument it is when we you know when i became the single guitar in this band and um you know i've always written for two guitars but when it's one yeah it seems like you got a lot more to say so i i feel like i try to not bring that particular instrument in until it needs it and it doesn't always work out this way like liars is an ex is a exercise and less um that was my my process in writing this record was deductive at first. It's always like, what's the, uh, what's the minimal amount of things that I can, uh, bring in and hold the, hold it all together. And then what elements can go, can be taken away before it falls apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, that's an omen for the record. I think razor blades, the first track of the record um, we picked this song because I think that it is the most modern uh, snapshot of the band and also encompasses the things that we do. It has a blossoming, big, grinding chorus that's, you know, the whole band we, thing that we kind of do. And it's got a, it's gritty from from top to bottom. But I think more than anything, it's the opening line. Um of the lyrics, which is, I, I lost my fingers when I found my fist, which is, uh, just a, I think that's just the ambassador of how I, I've felt for the past two years. And the reason that I wrote all the songs at one time and all at once, as opposed to it being, um, paced out over time, I suppose, okay. before I got, before I got a chance to feel differently. A little bit of therapy involved in these lyrics. Oh yeah, it's all therapy, all of it. What are you? Uh, what, what, are, my, what are you working on? Can you get into it? Uh, well, I think that yeah, absolutely, I can get into it. There's this acute thing that happens in life if you're lucky enough to fall in love, and I mean with your partner that you you know hopefully is around until you both expire. But as a um, as an independent with no responsibilities really, um, or you're, the only consequence you really have is yourself. So when you, when someone is in your life that's important to you, they become somewhat of a mirror, and you start to see, you know, you start to see the, your effect on people, right? Okay. So, 
you know, Rachel, my partner, is extremely important to me. So in when she and I decided that this is what we're going to do, we're going to stay together for the rest of our lives, there becomes this very acute thing that you become aware of. Someone that you care about is hurting or is stressed out. Um, did I do this? And it becomes, I don't know, it, it just, it, I try to be like, uh, sorry if I'm dragging through this because it's, it's coming to mind slowly. No, we're finding it, it, man. That's okay. There's, there's, I feel like in order to be the, um, to be good for somebody else, you got to find a way to, you know, be useful and to, in order to be useful, you have to, you got to get your own crap out of the way. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that a lot of the lyrics and a lot of the stuff that's in this record is about coming to terms with, um, just the, I think that. (laughs) <laughs> it's rare that you find someone that says that they're going to, that there's, it's rare that you find someone that does what they say they'll do. And <laughs> that's the ex, the exploration through all of that. Cause it's, it's deep, you know, it's like the second that, um, say, say you say to me, it's like, Dave, I'm going to, I'm like, Trav, can you help me move this refrigerator at Sunday at three? And you're like, yes, I will. And then three o'clock Sunday rolls around and you don't show up. And I, you know, I, I get it. I get at you Sunday night and it's like, Trav, you didn't show up. Why didn't you come? And no matter, like no matter what, no matter the scale of severity of the reasons that you didn't come, mm-hmm. you didn't come and you said you would. And, and that's like, it's a pattern that I think that maybe it's just like an American thing, but I don't know. Our, our time is not that fucking precious. And <laughs> We make excuses for everything. And like I said, when you have someone that you really care about, those excuses go away almost naturally because you don't make those excuses to for your friends, for the people that care about you, for the people that are there to support you. You just don't. Mm -hmm. And if you say you're going to do something, then, I mean, you're going to do it and you're going to absorb the consequence that comes with it. It's like. Well, I, you know, I, I caught the flu, but I showed up or, you know, on my way over, I crashed my car, but, you know, I showed up. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. That's not the most eloquent way to say it, but there's, it's just immense that that's, you know, that's kind of the state that we're in. And then it baffles me more. In the, it's like more in the work world, too. It's like people that are salaried, but it don't really do anything. <laughs> do not get me started on work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just it's interesting. It's just an interesting little vignette, I think, of of how good we all have it, mm-hmm. uh, even when we think we don't. So, you know, I guess that's some commentary on the lyrics. <laughs> I'm a year I'm a year removed from a lot of that stuff too. So, it, you know, it's it's tough to try and get through some of this. A lot of a lot of you know, razor blades is about there's something along the semblance of like having your cake and eating it too, right? Okay. So, you know, there's there's something about the visual. I, I have this awesome visual in my head of like this person that's like they're they're drowning at sea, but they're drowning because they're holding on to all of this crap that they think they need to have, right? And all they need to do is let go of it, and they can stay afloat. Mm-hmm. 
go, you go listen to George Carlin's routine about things and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel stupid for owning a pencil at the end of that. Yep. Because he's right. He's right. Let's pick up the pace a little bit. Yeah, man. Track two, Liars. Liars is the title track, and it is um, it was designed that way. The the it's probably the the poppiest song on the record. There's something to the melody of the chorus of this song that sticks with you. And I don't mean that as in like, oh, we made this song and it's badass. You should, you know, it's gonna stick with you. I'm like, I walk around humming that thing and don't sometimes don't realize what I'm humming. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with admitting that, hey, I think I wrote a really good song, you should check it out. That's the whole reason <laughs> I'm talking to you. say that about uh the the band that i do with rachel it's called still and storm still they're storm. her songs and i help her and i help orchestrate them and then we record them and we're releasing some music really soon and i i get to do that i get to be like dude you gotta hear this song that we recorded it really <laughs> is badass it's so good and it, i get to kind of ride on that because it's not mine right okay okay interesting interesting that you say that because there's a part of you that's a little bit apprehensive i don't want to use the the word afraid that's not the right word there's a part of you that's apprehensive to say that you think liars is a good song because you wrote it and it's yours and you don't want to come across the wrong way you don't want to turn people off it isn't that i don't want to turn people off i don't really care about that it's just there's i feel like art in my you know art that i create that it isn't it doesn't come out on the other end is like this is something really good that i made Mm -hmm. my satisfaction comes from did I did this thing get created and crafted um, to the point, you know, to the to its a uh, potential? So if it comes out on the other end, and I'm, you know, I ha- you get that kind of like sigh of relief, like, okay, cool, we did it. This this thing is speaking for itself now, and that to me is that's where it ends, and now it's on to the next thing. Whether it's good or not, it doesn't really matter. I, you know, I I try to design it in a way that I would feel comfortable listening to it and that's about as objective as i get about the i guess the song making process right okay but i i try to make music that i (laughs) that i think is good (laughs) it's a i guess it's a slippery slope but yeah i mean i've had a that's been an interesting lens on on that i guess is for me it's been like is this done (laughs) is it done I like I like I've mentioned it before too. I like I like when albums feel like a snapshot of where the song and where the band was at that time as opposed to it's done like done like perfect is the enemy of done, man. Mhm. I know. This is this is exactly how the song feels at this moment and if I go see Hidden Hospitals in 
two years and three months from now, the song Liars might sound a little bit different live, and that's okay because it evolved into something. But at the time, that record told me it was it was this at that time. It was a snapshot, you know? That's important to me because I, I never had that with Demir. It was I, – I put things off and finished them at, at different times, and I think that that ended up taking some of the genuine – like nowness out of things so it was intentional like wrote the music for liars and the swath of the lyrical content did it all at once mm-hmm. we uh rachel and i lived in los angeles um for three months i wrote all i wrote all the lyrics from front to back the entire record all from one place all from one mindset because really I, yeah i didn't want there to be any um I guess jump in continuity of how I was feeling or where I was speaking from. I didn't okay. feel like for the purpose of a record that is so distinctly, like you said, it's a snapshot. This isn't like a journey over the course of 10 years. This is like, you know, record takes a long time to make, but this is a very like, this is a snapshot. This is, this is this band at a period of time. Right. So yeah, that that was it. And so you'll you'll get some of that. You'll know that by the time that you get to the 10th track on that record that you know the the feeling of it all wasn't too far from the the first track on that record. What is Liars about? Liars is about essentially the fear of um submitting to something that's bigger than you. So in a lot of ways it could be love, it could be, you know, also it speaks a little bit to about how we get in our own way, you know. Um, the lyrics are like, it says something along the lines of like, crack your head open and spill your brains out because it can speak better than you can, you know, right. say your thoughts better than you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the song's built on anxiety is is really where it all comes from, uh, and you know that particular track being the title track is at the root of all of those things of that I spoke of not doing what you say you're going to do um excuses trying to be something that you're not and it has a really big chord at the end of the song surprised surprised people the first time around tell me about uh, track three smile and wave feels like Christmas to me in a way it, that was always the feeling I got from the way that that song would come in
it tips i think it tips its cap to marriage in a way or you know that the union of two people and the silliness of the celebration of it because it's in in it in a, the way it manifests right like the rings and the decorations and all those kind of things because home is the feeling that you know you arrived at with that person to begin with it isn't a place not stuff i don't think i've even told rachel this but that song was an illustration of how i didn't feel like i had a choice like i had no choice in it when i proposed neither she and i ever really thought about ever getting married the the way that my head was at the time was like it wasn't oh i found the one i had to keep it it was nothing else is nothing else feels as right as this right there's there's nothing else out there just kind of about that i guess the posturing of it all you know like you smile and you wave and you give up your you give away your smiles and your time but how much of it do you really mean better off track four better off is a. Uh was one of the first songs written for this record and it practically wrote itself we were sitting with jay hall at the studio showing him ideas because i had a lot of ideas i had a lot of songs written for this record somewhere up around 75 songs and that's an important part of the process is like not just deciding which ones are going to make the record but to decide which ones you know it like you said it's it's a record right so it they they kind of have to complement each other you can't have that offender that takes out the rest of the record. Or so this was actually, I think, the last idea I showed him. Um, you know, I put it on, and he he just has this way, like he soaks up the music, just sits and doesn't say anything. And he turns around and goes, he hits the, the space bar again and plays it again. He turns around and says to uh, Jared and I, he's like, "Well, we're gonna finish this one because I can't stop playing it. It's just the demo." I was like okay like didn't really know that that one was gonna make make it out but out of all the tracks on this entire record this one did the work itself okay like it it very naturally wrote itself the production just was really intuitive there's no tricks and the the message of it is really i mean i think it's really simple and earnest it's just basically you know it's it's something that I think that we all deal with at some point in our life is like you're 
you're drawn to like a moth to a flame, right? Like you're drawn to something that you think you want and need because it's exciting or it feels good, but you don't realize the damage that it's doing for you. Mm-hmm. Right? It's uh it's something I think we don't talk about enough is that uh you know, love isn't love isn't one full glass. It's a bunch of glasses that you know all balance out, mm, right? Right. And I I've, I think I'll always feel that way. That it's like you can't have the most of one thing and um, a, a total lack of something else because you you'll end up, I guess, taking it out on either yourself or others, right? Yeah. You have to you have to balance it out. You have to compensate. Mm-hmm. I like it. You put some time into these lyrics. I like that. I put a lot of time into these lyrics. This is I think these are the um, I think this is my best uh, attempt at being a writer. This this record and it's taught me a lot. And you know, having healed from it, I know what I'm I I know what I'm going into next time around and how mm-hmm. to improve and. You know, maybe, hopefully, become more efficient, eloquent, all those things. Acid Rain is a commentary on how the excitement and wonder and newness of life grows old as we age. Because we trade happiness for safety and some ignorant sense of security. So it's basically a little bit of, you know, you're going to have to own up to it at some point. Like at the end of the line, were you... Did you live your life to its potential? Or could could you have done more?
that's it. It's it's bitter. This is a bitter song, even though it's it's it sounds very happy. This stuff isn't intuitive for me to talk about. I don't ever talk about or decode any of the, the art that I've worked on. So, I mean, this is candid and I'm, I'm trying, but it, I'm, I am struggling with it. So, I mean, as, as long as you're patient, I just don't want to trash your podcast and make it feel awkward for people. My podcast is trash anyway. Let's take a break. That's track five of ten. Um, tell me a little bit about the artwork of this record. Um, the artwork I had no hand in. I, I, uh, my best friend is also an artist and musician. His name is Jeremy Perez Cruz. And, uh, he and I met through music and I guess we're just kindred spirits in a way. We're similar and have a similar lens for life. Um, I gave him the record and asked him if, uh, he might want to work on a treatment for, the cover for the art and uh jeremy has this a uh, really um steadfast way of approaching really anything but he starts with why which that's taught me a lot is kind of like what is it for why is it you know and i like that objectivity so he asked me you know after i gave him the record he asked me for all the lyrics and then he shot a series of uh basically like still life scenes that were inspired from the lyrical content. Some of it linear or some of it literal, some of it a little more abstract, but all of it is straight pulled from the lyrical content of the, of this record. Really? Yep. And the cover, um, the cover of it, of the record is, uh, this really very beautiful photograph of an old bottle full of, um, a, it's it's essentially it's gasoline a bottle full of gasoline with a a, a wick in the the neck and mm-hmm. from the wick is a key and it's pulled from uh the the lyrics in the title track liars it's finding locks and burning leaves hiding keys and gasoline mm, okay yeah a lot, a lot of flame. There's a lot of flame references in in uh, in all music, Trav. <laughs> in in all the music ever written. <laughs> yeah, including this record. Fire is the most exciting element. Yeah, there's an infinite well of inspiration in fire, death, sadness, love, and go go on with it.
Track six, Pulling Teeth. This is probably my favorite song on the record. I would say probably the most unique song on the record. There's like a dream sequence to it, um, finding reels like pulling teeth. And it, it kind of, there's a protagonist, there's like a storyline that runs through this thing. Um, and his, basically it's how he accidentally falls asleep in a cannon and gets shot up into the sky. And while he's in the sky, he gets a vantage over the way shit really is and starts seeing a, some real problems and some real toxic stuff going on that when you're down there in the in the trenches you can't see it when you're too close Track seven, typecast. Typecast. I don't know if, without me saying it, that anybody would really understand the irony of this song, but this is the most rock and roll song on the record, and this song was pulled from... It's it's truly inspired by Demira. And there's... Remember how I told you when I pick up a guitar, my hands do what they do, and it just sounds a certain way? Mm-hmm. That's what this song sounds like. So, typecasts, I mean, it, it opens with exhibit yours truly. Bad habits tear through me, muscle and mind. Mm-hmm. It's just basically like I'm riffing on myself. It's me making fun of myself in a way. It's me being what I think my ego identifies a prior self of me to be. It's like, this is what I expect you to do. This is who you are. This is all the elements of you, so this is what you are, right? Typecast, uh, rock and roll. When I say rock and roll, a punk band, we get the Ramones. You, you know, if, if my ego were to say Dave Raymond, this is what it would look like. Really? Sure. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's me poking fun at myself in a lot of ways. It's it's uh, it's a lot of self versus self, but it, it, I like. There's something in this. Um, the beginning of the chorus tell me a story i've heard before one where i know the ending it's like don't show me shit that's gonna surprise me don't be different than i expect you to be 
Don't be anything that you haven't already been. But oh, by the way, show me something new. But don't change. Don't change. Don't be <laughs> I different. I get that. I get you that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I get that. Track eight, Memories. This song's got some gangster drums in it. Gangster drums. Excited to hear that. What are gangster drums? When when you hit play, you'll see. I used to lay in the in the grass and stare at the clouds and make you know shapes. This is what this looks like, right? You know, you stare at the clouds and you see dragons fighting ninjas, and then suddenly there's a there's a gorilla reading a magazine, and then suddenly it's like that that's the shape of an apple, and it's like that's just what kids see, right? They look at the clouds and they they imagine you know these wonderful, fantastic, and bizarre things. And at some point, I think when I was in college my mom sent me my mom sends me these things randomly these and it's always like as a matter of fact or like just very i don't know my mom's a brilliant artist so my mom will just pick up random stuff and watercolor it and then she'll craft an envelope and throw a stamp on it and it'll show up at my door but i remember this particular one and it it actually brought me to tears because my mom painted the scene where there's a kid and i think another kid laying out in the grass staring at the clouds and the sky and it says all i see are clouds and that i was like dude that is like when does that happen it's you're just so about yourself but like i remember that stopping me dead in my tracks because i was like a little bit of pride in you it's like no man like that's not me but then you think it's like when's the last time i stared at the clouds and 
saw anything other than clouds. So it's sad, right? And there's, right. you know, this this particular track, Memories, it's, uh, it's kind of built in that. Track nine, Taking Sides. It's very gratuitous. It's just like, okay. there's nothing modest about it. It's it's in your face. It happens for longer than it should. And... <laughs> longer than it should. It, it is. It's kind of like, you know, it, it goes by and it's just unapologetically there for, in my in my opinion, longer than it should be. And You're in charge it's of the brooding. songs. Why did you let it go for as long as it did if it's longer than it should be? Because that's what this was called. This is what it was calling for. That was a great question. That was a great question, Dave. Give that a moment. Marinate in that. The, the question? That was a great question. As a, as a podcaster, I'm proud of myself. That might be my shining moment. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. <laughs> yeah, this is, I mean, it's a guitar song. It, it, it has, uh, it's got some moments in there. I really like it. Yeah, this one, it's, I mean, it, it comes down to, like, whether or not we do it on purpose. We're always, we're always falling to one side of the fence or the other. And the worst, the most dangerous people, I think, in our lives are the ones that don't. They are not convicted to, you know, to any one side of things. And that's why I say, like, the ones that, the ones that try to play both sides of the field, it's, they're the most dangerous and toxic people in our lives. So this is it. It's a little bit of that journey of like, uh, you know, realizing that my, you know, the vice might have been like, well, you know, I was pulled to one side or the other because I, this might be a vice of mine for one, you know, but here I am. I'm trying to, I'm trying to rectify it and be honest, cut myself down some. third last track track 10 the weeds i think this is the darkest song on the record calling out to pull me in undress your dirtiness wreath around my neck i'm collared down celebrate on hands and knees owning sleep beneath the weeds. 
This particular song, it just, I've always had this visual from, uh, do you know Lars von Trier? I don't. He's a director and there's a movie called Melancholia, which is just a visual feast. And there's a scene, it, it it's a dope movie on a lot of levels, but basically like there's this super graphic, dreamy scene that happens in slow motion um, where this person's running and the the gravity gravity is of the world is getting heavier and heavier and so her feet as she's running are getting like sucked into the ground and it just it just that feeling i i don't know if everybody feels it so viscerally but i get that feeling and that's the feeling that i had writing this song is how there's just certain things in our life that are just toxic and they hold us down and they we can't get away from it and there's i mean one this is kind of coming to terms with basically that it's like at all costs if it's if i gotta cut my arms off to get away from this i'm getting away from it no one's left to pull me inside their toxic memories killing time with kindness reserves your bed beneath the weeds that's it it's like what's a life of being you know uh nice because you're at the work party or you're at the workplace it's like not necessarily that you have to be mean it's just you know saying crap you don't mean because it's what you do infinitely for your time and for reaching out when um, when you heard something coming from hidden hospitals it's it's definitely hard for me to talk about at least at this level like individually talking about the songs and stuff so i i appreciate you bearing with me and working with me stumbling through trying to describe uh the nuances of music and art um yeah this was this record was a ride i'm glad that it's finally coming out and that we can i guess like rest on it on to the next chapter you know Dave Raymond, thank you very much for your time. Uh, new record's called Liars. It's out on May 18th, am I right? Yeah, yeah, May 18th. All right, Travis. Dave, my pleasure, man. It's been a blast. This is going to be a long one, but I, like I said, I don't care. So Yeah, I'll cut it down, cut out our dumb stuff, make it just all about trains if you want. You know, you know your thing. If it was just the trains going by, it would still be like an hour and a half long.
Yeah, it's true. There are big, lots of trains here in big old city, Chicago. Dave, stay Matt, in touch. Hi, man. Good to see your face. Go ahead, nice and clear. Go. Go ahead. Visit the site at asthestorygrows.com and subscribe so you don't miss anything. Special thanks to Brian Patton, who helps me out with the interviews, scheduling, and editing of this show. Visit the Bandcamp link in the notes of this show for some free cover songs, some free tunes, and merch. If you like what you heard and would like to help, there's a Patreon link on every episode, or you can look for the dollar sign on the website for one-time donations. If you can't afford to donate, no problem. Tell a friend, and thank you so much for listening today. We love you. Take care. Bye-bye.